Hey, and welcome to this Passionate Life Podcast. We tap into what it takes to turn your passions into profits with intimate talks with women who are walking the talk. This is your host, Stephanie Zito, intuitive soulpreneur mentor for women who choose in favor of alignment, abundance, and happiness. Come find me on Facebook at Stephanie Zito Coach and hit subscribe so you don't miss a beat of this podcast to raise your vibe and align with your best life. Live over there. Are you in Santa Fe? No, I, I used to be. Okay. I'm in Santa Rosa now. Yeah. Oh, California. Yeah, California. Yes. Yeah. North, north, north of us. Yes. Are you in Southern California? Yeah, we're. Um, I'm in San Marcos, uh, which is North San Diego, North County. Oh, San okay. Diego. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. North, 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 north of you. <laughs> yeah. Yay! Well, there we are. We are live inside the group. Um, if you're coming, say hello. And I'm going to start recording us on our Zoom. Let's see. So, little techie things here and there. <laughs> I like your backdrop too. Thank you. It's a Van Gogh starry night, and the the irises are on the other side. Oh, cool! That's yeah. awesome. I haven't seen a good one like that. <laughs> yeah, it makes me happy. And I think oh my gosh, it's, it's great. the thing that I like to, is uh, dreaming. So, give myself a dreamy background. Absolutely, it's perfect. <laughs> Well, I'm so glad to have you. I've got um, Erica's hopping on to join us, and I see Josie and Alicia. Ooh, this is this is a hot one. So I know, like, we've been so excited to talk yeah. dreams with you. Ooh, <laughs> so, <yeah>. Welcome, everyone, <laughs> is coming to say hi. Hi, hello, hello. Um, I'm going to just introduce our guest here. Give me a minute to pull up your stuff. Okay, so welcome. Hi, hi, so welcome. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. This is Melissa Grace. Melissa Grace is a dream interpretation coast coach. Melissa Grace is a dream interpretation coach and intuitive reader. She's been a Jungian oriented dream worker and intuitive reader since 2007 and brings more than 20 years of experience in the healing arts to her work. So we're super excited to have you. We've been talking dreams pretty much all week here oh. and let's just get started with how did you even get started with this work uh well um i when i was 31 i just decided that i was interested in figuring more out about my dreams and i had gone through a lot of therapy already but i was going through some particularly rocky relationship stuff so and having these wild dreams and so i found um a union oriented therapist to work with and i walked into her office on the first day and she asked me um she asked me she just told me to bring a dream she didn't ask me anything about my history or anything she just said bring a dream so I did, and and one of the aspects of that dream was a was a tree, and um, she had me imagine myself as the the tree, and this amazing feeling came over me, and I just I just felt so solid and grounded immediately, just imagining myself as this tree as it was in my dream, um, and that was the beginning. <laughs> That was the beginning. I, I, I was hooked after that. And, and I had other experiences with her where I, um, I had a dream about a really beautiful sunset. And I kind of imagined myself in the sunset. And I had this full on sort of experience of non-duality, just dwelling in that sunset. And so I realized that, um, you know, maybe more than guided visualizations, though those are powerful, that working with my images uh, had a particularly uh, were particularly potent for me. You know, they had particular power that was just for me. And then working with other people's images uh, over the years, I realized their images are particularly powerful for them. So that is that's how I got started. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, and pop your questions in as we go for sure. And I'm curious for those of us who haven't really encountered Carl Jung since college. <laughs> tell us a little bit more about like what is Jungian. Yeah, yeah, what is union, right? Okay. So 
um, Jungian, Jungian psychology or depth psychology is, is about making the, the unconscious conscious. That is like the focus of this psychology. So, and Jung had, um, you know, he had a, a way of working that, and it's through dreams that we figure that out. It's one, of, it's one of the main ways we figured that out, also through synchronicities. But a lot of what we, um, a lot of Jungian concept, concepts are actually pretty mainstream now, like the idea of the shadow and um, the idea of the, you know, of the, of what calls your soul and the um, archetypal imageries like, like the mandala and the self. And um, so, Jung had this idea that more than trying to achieve like our, uh, our ideals about our life, that experiencing wholeness was really, that's sort of the crux of his work is experiencing wholeness. And that we did that by looking at our unconscious and looking at the shadow and integrating what those pieces of us um, that we're not necessarily aware of in our mind, in our conscious minds, but still live inside of us. Is that, yeah. is that, is that good enough? I mean, it's like I tried to. <laughs> so well, something that you talk about, even uh, like when you had this psychologist and she said to you, like kind of be the tree. And then you had this non-duality. It reminds me a lot of uh, what something that I've encountered a lot more recently and really and diving with which mm -hmm. is the quantum field mm -hmm. and some of what you're talking about too it's interesting because i do it into i do an intuitive i do intuitive work mm -hmm. and when i do this work these things come up like i it's been so long since i've studied carl young i'm like i forget but but yeah. you know these things that are like the archetypes and uh mm -hmm. just these this idea you know of not being separate sometimes so it's just so interesting. I just had never really, I don't know, put it together that our dreams are, our dreams are almost like those intuitive reads too. It's, exactly. I mean, yeah. So um, if you're someone who wants to kind of get to know your dreams better, um, where would one start? <laughs> <laughs> that's really, that's really good. But I wanted to, I want, can I comment just a little bit of, on the on the quantum field? And it's, yeah, by all means. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I really I think it's true that you know because I'm a mystic, and part of why I was drawn to Jungian work is because it gave me an intellectual framework for my mystical experiences. Like it helped me to understand. Like Jung was a mystic, and. Um, it helped me yet yeah, that yes, the, the consciousness is like the quantum field, the arc, these archetypal energies, um, you know, that are things that we can touch and feel, but then we can also become overwhelmed by them sometimes, or the, these energies. Um, Give me an intellectual framework for my mystical experiences. Oh, I'm just hearing myself. I just heard myself there. Okay. All right. Sorry, um, no, I made a mistake. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. So, um, so anyway, yes, you know, doing intuitive work, you're essentially, you are tapping into a lot of times the unconscious and the and archetypal energies and things of that nature. So, okay. To go back to your question about, um, yeah, so about how somebody could start working with their dreams. Yeah. yeah and then I want to start uh, diving into, for those who are here, um, ask your questions. I mean, a, this is amazing. I think having uh, a dream worker with us. And so I start, I'm starting to see some questions pop up. I know um, we're going to have a few different questions, even about <laughs> for those who don't dream. But my first question is, oh, well, let me ask you this first. Can you define mystic? Uh, <laughs> that's a really good question. I think that's a great question, and I have actually never ever really entertained <laughs> that question before, but I think I'm going to give it a shot. Um, I think for me, a mystic is somebody who um, experiences non-ordinary reality or experiences or is in touch with the unseen um, and understands that there's more beyond the physical body 
and has a felt experience of it. Like it's not just a belief, but a felt experience of it. Um, yeah. It is able to connect with those uh, non-ordinary states of consciousness. Yeah, yeah, Erica says she was told she was a mystic when she was in her 20s. I mean, mm -hmm. I think about like the Sufi mystics like Rumi. To me, they really had a lot of kind of um, quantum field, universal consciousness knowledge. Like they knew, they knew that big picture kind of umbrella, those things greater than ourselves. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think it's a question of just how you perceive it. You know, I think Jung perceived things, I mean, he had like major shakedown, like psychic break experiences, you know, like he kind of lost it there for a while. And um, well, there's controversy about whether or not he lost it, but, but some people think he did, right? You know, when he was writing the Red Book, which is basically this big journal um, where he was processing his dream, his dream images and these visions he would have. Um, and it's it kind of formed the basis of a psychology. So anyway, I think through for him, it was through his intellect that he processed those things. But sometimes, there, a lot of times mystics just feel and, you know, they're in touch with and they feel and they, you know, they go into an ecstatic state or um, without necessarily feeling the need to process it intellectually. But I think um, for those of us in the West, the need to have um, for to have a, a container for our mystical experiences is help. It's it's something. It's helpful for living in our culture. Yeah, <laughs> and also for staying connected to body and mind. You know, and having a more cohesive sense of self. Yeah. So. Well, okay. So I'm going to ask my question, and then I want to dive into some of these dreams. So the question is. Um, what was the question? So if, if someone wanted to begin to perhaps even interpret their own dreams, like mm -hmm. for instance, um, certain dreams that I have that might be recurrent, or I'm talking about like for me, for instance, or certain dreams that I know are clearly about an anxiety, or mm -hmm. sometimes like uh, certain dreams that might involve like a, a past boyfriend or whatever, any of these things, uh, whatever they may be, how can we begin to perhaps decipher them more for ourselves? Like, do you have any sort of beginner's tips? <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. Um, well, I think one of the foundational theories, you know, of um, Jungian psychology is that a lot of what we dream about is a part of ourselves. Um, you know, this isn't always true. Sometimes um, what we, you know, that we, there is actually an external Thing we're dreaming about but you know when it comes to ex-boyfriends um that or you know that wild animal that's chasing you or the the people who are chasing you down the street or you know um that uh, that these can be parts of ourselves so one way to work with that is to write down what you attribute to uh, you know uh, an image the different, like I would take out the key, like the key things that pop out at you. What pops out at you from an, from a dream is is important. Is yeah. finding the most compelling thing or the most several compelling things, and then writing down what those um, what your associations are with those those characters or images, and then seeing how they relate to each other. You know, like mm -hmm. um, okay. You know, like a blanket is something to cover something. And I see this, you know, my old um, writing teacher from college. And I think of her, when I think of her, I think of somebody who was really enthusiastic about my writing. Um, so I feel, you know, and then I would like think, how does this character feel under the blanket? Does she feel constricted? Does she feel comforted? If she feels constricted, how, you know, am I keeping my creativity under wraps somehow? Mm -hmm. Or if she feels comforted, is there a way that I'm really attending to my creativity that's really comforting to me right now? So like things, things of that, does that give you an idea? Yeah, that's great. It's like a really nice way just to kind of get started and see, you know, what's, what's the theme, what's on repeat? How do you feel about that situation? Yeah, mm -hmm. it helps a yeah. lot. 
Yeah. Okay. So I want to dive in. <laughs> this is right. kind of why we're here. This is like what the juice is. So we're going to start with um, Alicia. She says she has had many dreams over the last couple of weeks where people are telling her that she's fat. She mm -hmm. also dreamed that her friend had cancer. Mm. She knew she was dying. The friend was dying because Alicia saw her mother when she looked at her. Does that make sense when I say it that way? So her friend was dying of cancer and she knew she was dying because when she saw her friend, her friend turned into her mother. It was like she saw, yes, and her mother and her mother died of cancer. Yeah, okay. Okay, so um, the, well, there, there's two things there. So the fat part, I think, I mean, it's always hard to know without actually like interacting with someone because dream work is a very interactive process, but I'll just throw some ideas out there. Mm, yeah. So if you take the idea that that people who are calling you fat are yourself, are there ways that you are giving yourself, you know, negative messages about your body or are behaving, you know, negatively towards yourself in some way? Um, the mother dreaming that your friend has died of cancer, um, you know, that could be many things. Um, if the friend, it's, you know, what is it, the dreamer associates with the friend is really, would be really important in this case. Um, but for instance, um, I mean, if the friend had a mothering sense to her, if she was a particular friend who kind of was a sort of, that mothered her and there was something happening, you know, so you could do it in internal or external that there might be some aspect of herself that is dying and not in a way that she wants it to. Um, or there could be a way that there, her friendship is changing with this person and it feels like something is dying or she may be afraid of losing this friend in some way mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. or whatever this friend represents to her, to her too. You know. can I, yeah, can I take a step further, maybe? Yeah. Uh -huh. like, okay, trust me, like, I'm not, you know, I just, what I'm curious is, and Alicia, if you're here, you know, feel free to, like, chime in with any of this, of course, because we're talking about your dreams, um, but I'm wondering, could it also be, like, if I have an aspect, if it were me, and mm -hmm. I had an aspect of myself that was sort of dying away, so mm -hmm. my friend was dying of cancer, Mm -hmm. And, you know, and I, it's a sense of loss. Like my mother died of cancer. Like I see that overlay. I see that overlay. Yes. There's a sense of loss. Am I losing some part of myself, even though it's maybe meant to shift, maybe I'm clearing the path in some way. Like I'm going to mourn the loss of this piece of myself. Yes, absolutely. Sure. That's, that also could absolutely happen. And it's overlay. Yes, absolutely. Um, it could be a good thing. You know, that would be entirely up to the dreamer and how, I mean, it, when I do dream work, um, that the dreamer owns their images. The dreamer is the authority on their images. They get to decide what their, what their images mean. I just offer suggestions. Um, yeah, for sure, for sure. Of course, that makes a ton of sense. Yeah, and so um, Alicia, if you have anything more <laughs> you wanna you know, comment on that one, um, feel free to. Is there anything more you want to say on that one in particular, Melissa? Um, uh, I think I, I mean, no, I think that's probably as much as I can say without really dialoguing with the dreamer herself. Yeah, yeah, I know. And I know this is sort of like a back and forth kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she is saying, she is, and I know Alicia, so it's easier for me to like oh, find this okay. interpretation, but she's saying she is releasing old versions of herself. There you go. Well, then that's, that's, that, there you go. Then you, there you, then you have it. But it could be that that feels very scary, you know, because if it brings up her mother dying, it, then that, I mean, we form our personalities in relationship to our mothers. So if she's dreaming you know, of a friend dying and a mother dying, it could be something that is very deep in her psyche that she's letting go of, like a pattern of relating that originated from her mother that maybe she carried over into her friendship with this person that is dying off or just simply something 
you know, I mean, knowing what that is would be up to her. Yeah, and I think even the dream about the purse, the people calling her fat would probably, I would imagine in a sense, be in that same category. Mm -hmm. Like even releasing those old versions and even what you, Alicia, might have said, or if, if it continues at all, you know, mm -hmm. to yourself. Mm -hmm. um, Alicia is saying she is accepting that she's gone and she can move on. Her mom walked her dogs. Okay. I'm not sure what the dogs have something, but if she's accepting she's moved on, that's, that's really, that's very important. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's really important. I mean, it could be, yeah, that that dream just carries that sense of surrender and maybe a little longing or something um, mm -hmm. that yeah. comes with letting go. Yeah. You know, the feeling of the dream, the feeling of the images is very important. Mm -hmm. You know, how a dream feels can give you a really important idea of what it's about. Um, yeah. Sometimes when I, when I do dream work, I ask people what the most important image is for them. And sometimes it's not the image that's important, but they have a feeling that's the most important characteristics of the dream. So yeah. how she feels about this image of the mother and the friend who are dying of cancer is, would be very important. Yeah, yeah, thank you, thank you. Okay, we're gonna um, do Josie's. So I have these totally in the feels. This is good stuff. Okay, so Josie had, I'm gonna say in her, in her, this is Josie speaking, okay? Otherwise it's confusing for me. I had a dream recently where I was on a motorcycle with a demon-like figure. I can post a photo of him if you like. Big white eyes with sharp long teeth, a wide smile. I've never had a dream like that before. Mm. Big white eyes, sharp teeth. Okay, well, that to me sounds like a, you know, a shadow, what I would call a shadow figure. Um, again, the associations with that would be important, but sometimes when you get these sort of nightmarish um, images that come in, like if she were scared of this, maybe she wasn't scared of it. I'm gonna assume that she was, um, that there it's helpful to bring in um, a spiritual friend to contemplate the figure like something that's strengthening to you whatever that is a resource of some kind um to and and dialogue with the figure it's it's can be really interesting what happens when you dialogue and what what i mean by that is going into your imagination sort of read there's a concept called active imagination so you use your imagination to go into a dream and kind of um, suss out some of the characters by talking to them or even reimagining the ending or whatever, whatever, yeah. Well, let's just back up a little bit, okay? So um, when you say bring in like a friend, how mm -hmm. do you mean? Do you mean like literally talk to a friend about this or what do you, are you saying like in your own mind? In your own mind, like for instance, there, um, there's a wonderful book uh, called Dreamscaping that's edited by Stanley Kipner, uh, 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 who it was a major dream researcher. Um, and there's a story in there in a chapter that I don't know, I can't remember who the author is of that particular chapter, but talks about a woman who had, un who had been seriously abused as a child and she was having these nightmares that were very, very hard for her to confront. And she was a Christian. Um, and so when she imagined her, you know, herself confronting these scary figures, she remembered Christ. She brought in an image. She imagined Christ standing there with her while she confronted the image. But it doesn't have to be a deity like that. It could be anything. So it's an imagination, you know, to answer your question, it is, I'm talking about imagination. Got it, got it, got it. Okay. And Josie's saying, I wasn't scared, just more like, whoa. Um, yeah. And then there's a little bit more. Um, she thought it was something related to her mental something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is uh, her, her friend Heather kind of helping out um, with what that might have been about. So, but yeah, it sounds like she wasn't fully, but I like that. I like, even if it wasn't scary, maybe even bringing in like someone who is yeah, like just that feel of like, I got someone on my side here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, 
it would, I'm wondering what's going on in her life. I mean, motorcycles are interesting. Um, yeah. They're, you know, like, is she somebody who, you know, is kind of speedy or has she been running really fast in life? And, you know, but it's, um, I would say I would ask her to dialogue with that figure or to see what that figure felt like in her, in herself. I mean, there was one time that I was working with a dream and I had this image of a man who came, um, who broke into my house and I was terrified, but then I did active imagination and I talked to the figure, I talked to him. And as I was talking to him, he turned into a small little boy who started crying and just wanted to be held. Yeah. And that is when I learned that, that my, my feelings, my emotions could um, masquerade as invaders or scary figures. So whatever yeah. it is we're trying to control or, or separate from, it can come back in our dreams in a, in a scary way or in a way that's like, you know, um, not very appealing to us. Yeah, <laughs> she's saying too um, that this figure looked like a character from a Spider-Man movie, and when she looked up that character's personality traits, it said mentally unstable. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> All right. So then I would ask her: Is there a way, like that she, you know, that she's trying to not feel mentally unstable right now? If she's like trying really hard to cope, is she really scared of the idea of mental instability? Mm. What is the, what are her associations of mental instability in her family? Yeah. Um, were there mentally unstable people in her family? And um, is this somehow a, a representation of, of her family of origin and some kind of need to confront it? Or, you know, there are multiple things to do, you know, to say. But I would say if it were my dream, I'd be like, I would wonder, oh, okay, I'm really, I'm trying, I'm really scared of feeling mentally unstable. And how is me trying to control my emotions actually backfiring on me? She has schizophrenics in her family, just saying. <laughs> okay well then that that dream that figure actually could take on you know you could go very deep with it um like that her associations with those people and her family you know yeah and i just want to mention too just because um you said this earlier as it's coming to mind right now as you were talking uh especially about young and just this idea of because you talked about maybe him I don't know, going a bit crazy or mentally unstable or something. Mm -hmm. And um, I was thinking about how when we get into these like psychic kind of realms or intuitive realms, I think some of what comes through and some of what we even want to do to shift our energy to like the modern quote unquote normal world, mm -hmm. it looks crazy. It mm -hmm. sounds crazy. And like, for instance, if I were just to go out on the beach and I mean, I live in a town where people would probably just keep walking, but if I were to like shout at the ocean, which is like a really great idea, you know, if you're angry just to go shout at the ocean, yes. or if I were to go like dance on the beach, or if I were to just go and like be chanting in Target, like people would be calling the cops, you know, mm -hmm. but yeah. I could just be super in tune with what's really good for my frequency, mm -hmm. but it's really not that acceptable. And then at what level does it, I mean, I think we know when it turns into something that isn't stable, it takes like a different tune, but. Well, I, I think it, it, how much, how in control you feel of your behavior yeah. is probably a, a, a barometer of that. Yeah. Um, I think when your unconscious is taking you over, you aren't in control anymore. Um, it's one thing to go into Target and start chanting and know full well that you're doing something that other people aren't going to really uh, dig. <laughs> But, or you might get some crazy scares and security might come and take you away. But, but it's another thing to do that and be completely unaware of the fact that you're, you know, that you're doing something that's not socially acceptable. Yeah, exactly. Um, so Josie says she is trying to keep it together. COVID world with two small kids and a husband at yeah. home. Amen to that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, there you go. I mean, and that's, like um, Marion Woodman is a is a very famous union analyst who isn't alive anymore, but she has this wonderful um, saying in her book, uh, "Coming Home to Myself," and she says that the more we try to be 
the more perfectionism has a hold of us, the more we start dreaming of overflowing toilets. So uh, basically, you know, the more, you know, that, that dreams compensate for, they, they show us what we are not willing to experience. Yeah. Um, and they, the psyche longs for wholeness. The mm -hmm. psyche is not happy with a one-sided point of view on anything. It wants us to show, it wants us to see the entire picture. So, yes. Um, ooh, and, ooh, yeah. good question. Mm -hmm. So is that why we get triggered by certain people? Like, is it that desire for wholeness? Well, yeah, yes. I mean, there's a famous cook, uh, quote by Jung that um, uh, whatever, whatever irritates us in others is, a, is, a, is showing us something about ourselves. Yeah, yeah. So yes. Okay. Yeah. I mean, and that's one of those, you know, that's an example of how, like, that's kind of um, that idea that people reflect back to us things that we need to look at in ourselves is something yeah. that has made its way into more kind of uh, alternative spirituality. You know, most people understand that concept. Yeah. Um, but he really, he was one of those people who really first put it out there. Into I the love young. I did not know how much I loved young. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Um, so let's see, Eric is saying, I have a whole map of places that I return to often in her dreams mm -hmm. over many years. It's like a world that I love to travel to. And one is a literal map. Oh, wow. That is yeah. so interesting. <laughs> cool. Um, wow. Psychic mapping, a psychic map. She also um, is the one who said she was called a mystic, like in her, in her 20s, oh, she was called a mystic. Yeah. She's got, she's, she channels, I mean, she's very, she's yeah. very, she's like a PhD in a lot of psychic type things. <laughs> yeah, like in metaphysics. Um, well, I think that's really interesting and it, it feels kind of shamanic to me, the way that shamans map out different worlds that they, that they, that they travel to. That gives um, me chills, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, I, I have encountered more than once people who have who are so psychically gifted, um, who who seem to present as shamans when they start to do their dream work because it. I mean, though that's a, I know that term is overused, and I have friends who are shamanic practitioners who would not like me saying that. <laughs> so, but but shaman in the sense of um somebody who is able to perceive multiple dimensions and work with them consciously yeah that's that's erica yeah, <laughs> yeah. Now i'm telling you erica you are come on <laughs> <laughs> you are i know you are <laughs> um okay so let's see um okay abby I'm curious about the dreams and hi, Mary Rose. I'm glad you're here. Um, pop in a dream if you want to, Mary Rose. Okay, Abby, I'm curious about the dreams where my luggage gets messed up during travel, like on another leg of the journey, it's time to change transport and all my stuff is unpacked and I miss it. Mm -hmm. Well, that to me says, okay, I'm trying to get somewhere psychically. You know, I'm trying to go to another you know, travel, my consciousness wants to go somewhere else, but there's all this baggage, like emotional baggage that is unpacked. Like, I don't really know where it is. So something about something that's stored in my psyche, because baggage is something that is kind of stored, but also portable. So we can actually work with it, carry it from one psychic place to another is not contained. It's just sort of it's it's lost so i don't know um i don't know how to access it i'm having trouble accessing a, some psychic you know a, a emotional information maybe something from my past that i need to get from one place to another yeah um that's interesting yeah i think that's a good one probably to i don't know if you want to comment anything about that abby but i like that i like that as a kind of a question to Mm -hmm. to ponder. Mm -hmm. um, Heather, yeah, you're right, Heather, I did miss that question, so thank you. Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask, uh, so, so um, Abby's saying she likes that she had a normal nature dream last night, it was fun, penguins flying. <laughs> That's <laughs> so great, penguins flying. 
Um, Heather is asking why she doesn't dream anymore. So she was saying that she used to dream a lot. And I'm curious, Heather, like Heather's had, if it's, I mean, it's probably it's fine if I share. I know you're kind of an open book, but Heather's had some really great transitions recently, like during COVID. Um, so at what point did you used to dream, Heather? And then, you know, at what point did you, she used to dream a lot. Like, I'm just curious when, when was that? Like, when did you stop dreaming? Was it like, I don't know, around when you got married, when you had Kit, your child, was it like this last year? I'm just curious, you know? Um, but she's asking like why she doesn't dream anymore and she used to a lot. Hmm. Well, sometimes when we stop dreaming, it's because there's so much going on in our life that for us to work on that we don't, we just, you know, there's no, it's like, the material that we need to work on is here and now. It, well, that's, know, that makes complete sense. Yeah, you know that it's not, you know, it, the <laughs> unconscious doesn't need to show us anything because we're kind of living out all of our issues and working on them. I mean, that's that's one, that could be one reason. Yeah. yeah. She's saying probably after she had her daughter, Harper. And Harper is, um, mm -hmm. is Harper, is she six? She's six, right? She used to talk in her sleep all the time. You and me both, Heather. <laughs> yeah, I've told I've told Heather. Um, I I mean, I also used to like walk in my sleep. I would go and take a shower in my sleep in, in high school, thinking it was like daytime. Mm -hmm. um, and so Heather's saying, didn't you say the absence of dreams means something? Um, I you know this is a topic I don't know a lot about. Um, but I I. You know, I don't really think that it does necessarily. I mean, I think when we are, you know, when we're dreaming a lot, it means it can mean we're very psychically open, and we're psychically open when we have the time and energy to be psychically open. You know, and also when there are really intense experiences, emotional experiences can make us psychically open. Transitions of some kinds. I mean, when we're triggered by anything, we can be psychically open, but. Um, a mom with a kid is probably experiencing um, sleep uh, interruptions <laughs> or not or not sleeping a lot. Um, and I think those affect whether, you know, how much we remember our dreams, um, how much we recall our dreams. I think it's more of a question of dream recall than actually you're not dreaming. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. Like when you first have that baby, you're like, if yeah. I just even get some sleep, I don't even, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. remember much um, other than when I was awake and when I wasn't awake. And I know, you know, Heather is going through some amazing things, which I think is probably a lot of catharsis. So mm -hmm. if that makes sense to me doing, oh, she usually sleeps really well, but like it makes sense to me, you know, if you're doing the work outwardly that maybe the dreams are like oh we're good we're gonna take a step back because you're you're literally doing it <laughs> yeah so, yes um, yeah and and again i you know there's a lot of research on this topic that i am i don't know a lot about so if you know i would google dream recall and why am i not dreaming and see and see what comes yeah. up but it's Get on Google, Google, or I'll ask Alexa. Yeah, so I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm not like, a, I'm a total expert on why people don't okay. dream. No, we're just throwing out whatever to you. So. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, we're going to ask, I think Annette's next. I apologize if I do skip over your question. I'm not, I'm not trying to, um, but uh, let me know, just like Heather did. Mm -hmm. So um, Annette's asking, I had some wild dreams this week, the coolest one. My friend wanted me to volunteer at a brain mapping research center. They ended up kidnapping my friend because they realized he used more of his subconscious mind than anyone they had studied. I freed him, but he died from brain damage. Oh my goodness. Oh, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> what are you going to do with that one? That is he, he, it freed him, but he died from brain damage? Yeah. Oh, that's very interesting. Brain mapping. That's so interesting. So, it's all about like the brain and yeah no i mean i would wonder what her associations are with brain mapping and um but the idea that the that it freed him but he died from brain damage would make me wonder i mean if this were my dream i would wonder um am i overdoing it am i overdoing like wanting to you know delving into the psychic realms or am i like um or afraid of it 
Yeah, or I mean, that's that's also possible too. Afraid of afraid. Yeah, I mean, afraid afraid of that exploring the subconscious will lead to brain damage. Um, but it's interesting that you know this figure, this male figure has she thinks has a is a subconscious that's more accessible than any of the uh, any of the subjects so and it's a male so it makes me wonder i mean a part of um depth psychology is this idea that we all have an anima and an animus which is the feminine and masculine within us and yeah. um, and it's interesting because the animus for women can be an intermediary figure that I mean, mediates between the consciousness and unconscious when that means that, so this figure, this male figure is actually kind of doing that because it is sort of a representation of the subconscious in the dream. Um, and it wants to be explored in a way that will both be freeing and not cause damage. So I would ask, well, how can I explore my subconscious in a way that will not cause me damage? What feels safe to me? What feels safe? Mm -hmm. how, how, do, how can I make my feel, myself feel safe? Yeah, yeah. When it yeah, comes I come back and maybe I'm, maybe I'm imprinting my own experience on this. Well, I'll just, you know, in my experience, when I was first coming into my intuition, I was afraid of it because I knew it was telling me something at the time I didn't want to hear. Yes. Um, so I don't know. I just, uh, that came to mind for me probably like just processing my own experience. Well, yeah, um, no, I, I think that's um, a really good hit. You know, that maybe there's something uh, that she's afraid will cause damage. Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah. Like I was afraid. Like, well, if I know this and I admit this, which my intuition is like pounding on me. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Then you know, for me, it was like very scary at the time to think of what was out there that I didn't already have. Like, what I had wasn't it wasn't what was meant for me, but it felt safe. You know, it felt safe. It felt secure. Mm -hmm. So um, that's really interesting. I'm really curious for you, Annette, like what your thoughts are around that, just around you know your subconscious or your intuition or something that maybe is being shown to you or like made known to you that perhaps like there's you know some fear around just be curious uh how that might how that might hit yeah she's saying lots of fear yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah. then I would ask her like it, you know if she imagined this dream what would what you know what's the first thing that comes to her mind and what will help me feel safe um okay. with that exploration help me feel safe yeah and it might be you know that dream is helping show like like you said, you know, it's like showing the shadow side. It's like, okay, we don't want to look at this during the day. Well, here you go at night. So. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, and it, yeah, and it's showing, it's expressing a fear that, you know, maybe the conscious mind says I shouldn't be afraid. I shouldn't be afraid of exploring my subconscious. Um, I, I know it will be freeing, but I, and so why am I afraid? So then the, the shadow comes in and says, actually, you are afraid, but there's something. And then it's as a dream worker, it's my job to say, to, to take it to the step of what will help you feel safe in this, you know, um, that that's sort of part of the power of the message of the dream is that you um, sometimes just being aware of that and acknowledging I am afraid of this exploration is what needs to happen, just owning it. Yeah. Perfect. Thank you. Um, okay. I don't know if I said this one already or not. I don't know if I did. Yeah. She's saying fear of the unknown. Yeah. Yeah. And it's saying fear of the unknown. Yes. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, I'm going to say this. Josie was saying this. She had a dream. She was losing everything. She couldn't find her kids. They lost things. She lost her snowboard in the car. It was a disaster. Oh, so yeah, mentally unstable. She was kind of like just reiterating that that was from before mm -hmm. um let's see let me go down here the penguins we talked about that okay mary rose i see you next year <laughs> i have dreams that keep coming one i'm holding a baby but keeps dropping the baby eeks i swear i can hold babies i know you can <laughs> two i would dream a family member dying and i would a few days oh in a few days okay Two, I would dream a family member was dying and a few days later, a celebrity would. That almost sounds like premonition, you mm. know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, so that's what I have for Mary Rose. I'm just gonna see, oh, three, I would hear one of my kids saying, mama. 
Mm. I feel like that happens to me too. <laughs> I'm like, did they say that? Like, mm. what is mm-hmm. I go into them and like, they're just dead asleep. So um, mm-hmm. that's what I see for Mary Rose right now. Yeah. Well, the holding the baby, but dropping it. I mean, babies can, you know, represent a lot of different things. They can represent new beginnings or something that's in its infant form and a fear that we're going to drop it, you know, kind of like a really intense version of dropping the ball. (laughs) But um, uh, it can be our own vulnerabilities and our fear that we can't take care of them, you know, that we can't take care of our inner infants. Um, But yeah, so then well, that, just, just I'm sorry not to interrupt. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> just with that with knowing her I would I would imagine go let's go if you were to go further with that first one mm-hmm. what more would you say about that first one you said about the the new beginnings or something that's new that we are afraid that we are afraid that we won't be able to take responsibility for yeah. well I mean some of that some of that can be like you know maybe we aren't making enough time for the new beginning and we are actually dropping the baby. Or maybe um, there are circumstances that aren't allowing us to really develop something that we want to develop in our lives. Um, uh, And we need to a reassurance that we can hold it. Yeah, we can. I mean, holding something psychically is like saying I can I can handle this. Mm-hmm. I can, I can contain my experience. So uh, if you were having that dream, is there anything you could do? Like, could you do something like, I don't know, not that you could make yourself dream it, but could you do anything where you were holding the baby? <laughs> like, around, let's say it's around oh, a decision. Absolutely. Like you have to, a decision you have to make and that baby is a decision, for instance, or the baby is like the new gifts that are becoming known to the world. Like, yeah. is there, are there things you could do where you are like seeing yourself holding that baby? Absolutely. That's a wonderful way to work with active, um, active imagination is to reimagine a different outcome. Yeah. And in doing that, that, that can be, you know, that's a way of honoring the dream that, helps us feel, you know, it can be a very simple way of resolving something. I mean, that's how I work with kids dreams sometimes, you know, that they, they just respond to that, that reimagine it and you, you defeat the monster and, you know, your magic wand and all is good. And, you know, kids, kids, you do that. And they're just like, great, you know, but there's a part of us that's like that too, that if we just reimagine it um, in the way that feels better, it can help us resolve what, uh, you know, without even really having to think it through, you know, whatever, yeah. whatever it's about. Yeah, that's great. That's so great. Um, I don't see any more questions right now. Again, if I miss somebody's, um, she, Mary Rose says she loves that clarity. Thank you. Yeah. Um, if you. If I missed a question, let me know, or if you have another one. Um, this is amazing. <laughs> dream work is can be pretty can be pretty wonderful um uh we go for the aha moments you know we go for that sense of wow this is amazing or that sense because to me that's when we're really tapping into consciousness when we're really um you know there are those insights that come through it just there's a way that just by doing dream work itself we're opening up to um the self, the capital S, you know, like the divine. Um, about, I'm just really curious. Um, like if our kids are having a, like a nightmare, um, mm-hmm. do you have any recommendations to help them? Like my, like for instance, my daughter doesn't seem to, but my son occasionally says he'll wake, he'll wake up, he'll call for me. And he's like, Oh, I had a bad dream. So I'll just go next to him, rub his back and him back to sleep. He goes back to sleep really easily, but just curious, like what you might suggest to help them. Um, well, I mean, I don't professionally work with children, but I have nieces and nephews and um, that I, you know, d- dreams are so, have such, I mean, kids have such porous beings that if, if you help them um, reimagine the dream, you know, for instance, um, you know, I, I remember one time my niece had a dream where some figure was uh menacing you know a monster came and i and i asked her you know like well what do you think would be 
um, a powerful thing that would make the monster go away. I mean, what if you had like a magic wand or something? She's like, oh yeah, if I have the magic wand and it's like, well, what would you do with it? She's like, well, I just zap it. And I'm like, and then what happens? It's like, it disappears. Like, great. How do you feel now? I'm not scared anymore. Great. So that it's like very simple things like that. Um, I think uh, in all dream work, it's, you know, in a dream with, with, with kids, you want to ask questions. There's a really wonderful book about working with kids dreams called dream guider, I believe. Mm -hmm. um, and it's kind of like allowing the kids to, to unfold the dream imagery themselves, um, but helping them realize that they have the power that they have the power in that, you know, that they can access something if they imagine it. It's like that bringing in that spiritual friend, like yeah. what kind of superpower would you need to fight this being? Can you imagine having that superpower? Yeah. Um, can you imagine keeping yourself from, what would you have to do to fall off the ledge? I mean, to keep yourself from falling off the ledge or what if you imagined you had wings and when you fell off the ledge, you flew instead. How yeah. does that feel? You know, things like that, like using, your creativity and their creativity to um, imagine a different a different outcome. It's really empowering. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Do you have time for two more? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, we can keep you on here all night. <laughs> well, <laughs> I love this. I can do this all night. So we'll do like two more, and then we'll. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> otherwise, this podcast will be like five thousand hours long. <laughs> <laughs> we'll never sleep again. Let's just keep talking about this stuff. Okay, so um, got two more. One is uh, my niece had a bad dream. She's 18 and kind of sick. She said she woke up bawling and didn't have any idea why. Mm. Well, sometimes you know the the purpose of the dream is the emotional uh, is the is the emotional experience we have when we wake up from it. Sometimes like if we're suppressing grief or sadness or loss that we won't remember the dream, we'll just wake up crying and that's the point of it. Um, yeah. yeah, and if, especially if she's going through a hardship, uh, like she's sick, she's dealing with an illness, there's probably grief that accompanies um, you know, going through that kind of difficulty, especially at her age. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. It's like just allowing for that emotional release, even, yeah. you know, saying she's kind of sick. Maybe it's like an emotional release. It's going to be really helpful. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. Okay. So um, the next one, I dreamt I was climbing a net. I dreamt I was climbing a huge long staircase outside. There were a lot of people climbing. An Indian man was standing in the middle of the staircase. Casing out, he started talking to me very friendly. And I thought, is he interested in me? And then I realized he was waiting for someone looking out, waiting for them to climb the stairs. So I continued climbing the stairs. At the top, I wondered if I would ever date again. At the top, you wondered if you would ever date again. Wow. Well, that's really interesting. I would need to know what her associations are with, Indi with that Indian man, how it felt to her and Indian men in general. Um, that but in general going up staircases are it's like ascending in consciousness like um you know moving forward going to you know uh growing basically growing you know in our consciousness and this man i mean i would see that as an inner figure an inner animus figure um and he's being really friendly to her. So, you know, I would kind of wonder what he wanted, but um, I, my intuitive sense of that dream is, am I afraid of what will happen if I totally let go and just trust in God? Um, if I will always be alone or I won't, um, isn't as important as can I trust myself to feel good, you know, to feel safe and good inside myself. Um, that, I mean, that's just a totally intuitive feeling about that dream. That doesn't, that was not analyzed at all. <laughs> but um, I, again, it's, it's like that, that idea that the animus figure mediates between the conscious and the unconscious. And here he is standing in the middle of what, if the bottom of the staircase is the unconscious and the top is the conscious, 
It's like he's, and also the transcendent, what's called the transcendent function. The transcendent function is our capacity to transcend, to connect to spiritual, the spirit world into to our spirituality and make it conscious and embody it. So if this staircase is going up to a, a transcendent realm, I mean, maybe there's a way that um, she's, you know, wondering, you know, can I, I don't know. I mean, I, I kind of have to work with her, but can, like, can I touch God and still be available? Um, like uh, to uh, how, you know, to the, to the earthly world or am I, um, I'd be wondering how am I unavailable to myself? If I'm wondering if I'm never going to, if I'm ever going to date again, I would be wondering, um, am I somehow cutting myself off from something that I want? Mm -hmm. Um, or am I? Yeah, that, that's one of those that would take more exploration. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's really good. I think you probably have given some really, really, really good food for thought that I would imagine, Annette, you can take that and yeah. kind of learn some of that. Yeah. Um, okay, I'm going to ask, oh, interesting, real quick. So Annette's wondering if she should be a chaplain. Oh, well, see, okay, well, then that makes it totally different. So, okay. So then that would, I would say, I would wonder if that were me, like I would wonder if I, I mean, depending on what, if I'm going to be a chaplain, how available to intimacy I'll be with yeah. not only men, uh, men, outer men, I'm assuming she's um, heterosexual, yeah. that also um, my inner male, like, because sometimes when we follow a spiritual path, um, that you know, we, we stop being, act, being able to access different parts of ourselves that we think are not godly or holy or yeah. somehow not okay on the spiritual path. Yeah. And she is going through a divorce. Okay. So there's that. Okay. So that makes a total ton of sense. Yeah. Yeah. Because then if she is going through a divorce, then, and she associates like if somehow becoming a chaplain is a way of it's her path forward, but she associates that path with being single because it's something that she's doing as a result of getting a divorce. It's like how she's expressing her freedom after the divorce. Then the chap being a chaplain would be connected to not, you know, not finding intimacy again. Mm -hmm. Like, and yeah. then I would be careful if that were me to make sure that I wasn't trying to escape into spirituality as a way of not being available to intimacy anymore. Hmm, yeah, or perhaps even doing that, that inner work that you mentioned where it's mm -hmm. like, I'm good with me, now I'm looking for what I want. Like yeah. I, I can be intimate if I choose to. It's like, well, what, how am I feeling inside? And then what do I want? So, yes. but, I yeah. mean, like dating, <laughs> we all know, dating's got its own, its own thing going on. So. Yes, definitely. Dating has its, it's own exciting thing. and it's all the yeah. things. It's all yes, the, it is. It all is. The things. It's all the things. It really yes. is. Boy, just one way to learn a lot about yourself <laughs> is through dating and relationships in general. <laughs> yes, definitely. Okay. I'm really glad you asked that, Annette. Thank you. Okay. Um, I missed one of Alicia's. So I'm going to ask that. Um, she's saying this reminds so Alicia is saying, that reminds me that I have a giant home that I travel to. It has antique furniture and is surrounded by water. Sometimes there's sharks in the water. I also have to rearrange the furniture and there's always a closet full of clothes and diet meals, LOL. I have so much fun moving the furniture. I love dreams. <laughs> diet meals, she said, that's so interesting. Okay. Yes, so she, did. she did lose a bunch of weight. Okay. So so like healthy meals. Oh, yeah, I think so. Or, yeah, well, homes are, are, are us, they're like our psyches. So a big home is like our big psyche, you know, our, our psyche that we're exploring, but it's surrounded by sharks. So that feels protective to me, like, like protecting, like a self-protective self and it's like her place that she gets to go to. If she likes antiques, you know, are, thing, are the antiques something that she likes? Does that feel good to her? 
Um, I mean, it's someone else, you know, sometimes in some dream, an antique could mean something from the past, um, maybe even from like a past life or something. But this feels like she likes antiques and the closets are full of clothes. It's kind of like a really great sort of self-discovery dream. Like I'm comfortable with myself. She's had this um, dream since my she was home. Like my, I have a home inside of myself, but this is the image of it. Um, yeah. She's had it since she was in her 20s. The house always has a new addition. And she says, not really, I think about the antiques, like liking the antiques. She doesn't like them or she, or she. I, I don't think she likes the antiques. I think oh, that she doesn't means... like them. Okay, well then that would mean to me, if she doesn't like the antiques, then, and she's had this since her, her 20s and there's always a new addition. So there is always a new addition to ourselves. You know, there is always like something new to explore in ourselves. But if the antiques are, from the past or like some part of ourselves that's from the past that is antiquated. That is something that no longer serves us, but she's moving around the furniture. So it's kind of like, she's working with that energy, exploring it, trying to figure out how do I, how do I, you know, uh, integrate this, whatever this is from my past into who I currently am. Um, yeah. Until she said, no, I make it work. She makes it work. Like, I don't know. I got a little lost. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> with the delay okay. of what that means. Um, but I think, yeah, I don't know. I mean, Alicia, you have to let us know what your thoughts are on that. Um, yeah, I like it. I like how, you know, it's just such, it's so great to have that knowledge of like, oh, the house is, is me. Oh, the furniture, yeah. it makes the furniture work. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's, you know, interesting. Like if, if those antiquated, those are antiquated, like parts of herself from her past, like she's finding some way to integrate her past into her present. Yeah. She says it makes total sense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh, beautiful. Well, I just want to thank you so much for <laughs> sharing like just such depth. I feel like we got to go. It just, it really, to me, it just feels like, I don't know, like going for like the best run or like the best meditation or um, the best whatever <laughs> to, to, to go deep like this. I, it just feels amazing. Yeah, thank you, thank you. You're getting lots of thanks here. Um, you know, I know there's different ways to get in touch with you and you have um, like a free, I don't know, something you're offering everyone. Yes, yeah, yeah. so um, the first three people who contact me, I'll give them a free half hour session. And um, you can write me at the night is young at gmail.com. Um, that's the night is young, J U N G. Uh, or go to my website, the night is young.com, and just fill out the contact form. Um, can also, I have a Facebook page, the night is young. I have the night is young dream discussion group where if you join that group, you can just discuss your dreams just the way that we are now. And there's lots of people there to weigh in besides me. Um, and um, my Instagram page is the night is young dream guide. Uh, and you can DM me there too, so. Yeah, well, thank you. That's such a really generous offer, those free yeah. offers. And uh, I will have you post that in our group after this so we can yes. just remember. I put your um, your Gmail in the comments here, but that way we'll just have, oh, we okay. have 108 comments. I kind of went away, what a nice number. Yeah. <laughs> Sacred number 108 is a sacred number. So. Yeah, I know, right? I, know, I, know. Yeah, I noticed it was an 88 and then the 108. Uh, so yeah, thank you so much. Is there anything like any tidbit just for us as we continue to explore our own dream world, just to to have us go off into the night with? Um, I would say just be just be open, be open to what your dreams have to set, to be open to having dreams and to be open to what your dreams have to share with you and don't dismiss your dreams. Even the smallest dream can have something really important to, to offer you. Um, yeah. yeah. That's really lovely. I love that. Thank you. I feel like I'm going to start to pay attention more to mine too. Even like, like you, I'm glad you mentioned that even like the seemingly small ones are the ones that just seem less significant. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that they still, and the, the, when you pay more attention to your dreams, you start they start arriving more. I mean, more dreams will arrive as you pay attention to them because it's almost like the unconscious says, oh, someone's paying attention to me. I think I'll just keep, you know, start sending more messages. So don't be surprised if when you start doing dream work that happens. Just like intuition, exactly, exactly. like intuition. Exactly. You get more yeah. intuitive hits as you, as you 
you know, as you uh, tap in. Exactly. Thank you so much. We adore you. We're so glad <laughs> you've been here with us. Really. Well, this is wonderful. This is definitely, this is fantastic. I absolutely love this. So thank you so much for having Yay, me. Thank you. All right. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. We don't have to go yet. <laughs> I just need to oh, take okay. us off of Hey friends, thanks for listening. If you feel called to deepen your intuition, then message me, send me a message at stephzitocoach at gmail.com to get in on our next round of the Activate Your Intuition course. This course is meant for you if you're looking to take a deeper dive into trusting yourself, making decisions with greater ease, and tapping into the energy and the support that is actually always around us. We just have to ask. So I'll be happy to hear from you. And until next time, this is Steph Zito with This Passionate Life.